Today we're going to give you a little bit of a short session on employee benefit plan health checks. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, what are your fiduciary responsibilities? Many of you in the room are your fiduciary for the plan. How is your plan designed? Is the plan operating effectively? Are you making the benefit that's available to your employees a good benefit that maximizes their ability to save for retirement? So as part of our plan health check, we go through and we evaluate your plan document, your plan process, how's it designed? We look at compliance. We look at how, how your employees are using the plan. What is the percentage of folks that are participating in the plan? So are, are folks contributing for their retirement and saving? And so as part of today's presentation, we'll talk a little bit about what is that health check and uh, what are some typical recommendations that we usually have as part of those health checks. And then we're gonna do a deeper dive into one really good modification that you can all consider in making to your plan document uh, that might help your employees maximize uh, their ability to save for retirement. Updating your plan document goes beyond compliance. There's obviously a compliance component to this. There are IRS regulations to make sure your plan is compliant. But there's also the component of, are my benefits up to date with industry standards? And are we designing the plan in the best way possible for our employees to save? Last year we talked about plan expenses. The year before we talked about what are you as a fiduciary responsible uh, to make sure you're performing. Today we're gonna focus on really two areas within that fiduciary responsibility. The first is avoiding prohibited transactions. So that's compliance, is my plan document designed and compliant with IRS regulations and DOL regulations. The acting solely in the interest of participants, that's the other component. So are we doing what's in the best interest of our employees to help them save for retirement? As a fiduciary, you have an obligation to help make them aware of the plan, educate them, and to help them understand the benefits of saving for retirement. What is a retirement plan health check? What does this engagement look like? What would we do to, to help you out? The first component is looking at compliance, which we mentioned. Compliance with the IRS regulations. Again, the IRS comes out with new standards all the time and new laws, there are always changes and updates that are coming out from the IRS. So ensuring that you're meeting those compliance standards is critical as part of your fiduciary responsibility. And it's not uncommon that you haven't made an amendment in the last two years or three years. And so making sure you take a fresh look at your plan document and update it for any of those required amendments is critical. And if you have a plan document that is out of date and needs correcting or needs updating, the IRS has made available correction programs, and so we've included the link here in the slides for you. You can take advantage of those programs to get your plan compliant and not result in any sort of penalties there. The second component of the health check is really look at your plan provisions. So again, if you haven't looked at it in recent years, what are the eligibility requirements for your employees to participate? If it's a 403B, are they eligible to participate right away? Again, have you considered other opportunities? Maybe you look at auto enrollment, maybe you look at other offerings that you could include in your plan document that would help those employees to save. What about non-discrimination testing? In some cases, you may have a plan that has been failing uh, non-discrimination testing. Maybe you have corrective distributions. There's areas where you can make modifications to your plan document to help to make sure that everybody is being able to maximize their retirement contributions. Is participation rate low? So a lot of you work in not-for-profit organizations. You have both top-heavy employees and you might have line employees. And is the participation rate very high with your, your higher comp employees, but very low with your line employees? Are there modifications you can make to, to help everybody and help the plan benefit everybody? And in some cases, your plan document that you have, your 403B or your 401K, may not be within itself 
have the capacity to, to achieve the result you want. So for instance, you might, you might not be able to design your plan to maximize the benefits for your executives or for your line employees. Maybe you need to consider other design options, like maybe having two plans, a 401k and a 403b, or a non-qualified plan, 457 plans, which are also very beneficial for some high comp employees that might be phasing out of their ability to save within a 401k or a 403b. So there's a lot of opportunities to take that fresh look see how you can modify your plan and all your benefits and, and help your employees really maximize that retirement saving opportunity. The next component is, is process. As you're looking at the criteria of, for, your, for your employees, what is the eligibility requirement and how do they get enrolled? Are, they, are you still using paper forms for, for enrollment into your 401k or is it an automated process? If you haven't evaluated that process, that's, that's a great opportunity for you to streamline some of your retirement process and your benefits administration where folks might be able to automatically go ahead and get a notification from your record keeper or your provider whether it be Fidelity or Vanguard or whoever it may be so that way they're automatically going online and making all their elections and setting it up and, and automating processes between payroll and those retirement plan providers. There's a lot of opportunity to look at the process and the controls that are there so that way you can reduce some of your administrative burden as it relates to the plan, plan operation. The last component that we look at as, as part of a health check is, is the fiduciary oversight. And we've made available for all of you a uh, fiduciary checklist, which is available on our website at AFCPA.com. Um, and, and it's you know, a lengthy checklist, it might be two pages or so, that really lists out everything that a fiduciary is responsible for. And some of the components that we've you know, highlighted that we usually are key risk areas is your investment policy statement. How are you making decisions on evaluating the investment options that are available for your employees? Um, what funds are you making available? How often are you assessing those and changing them out? Plan expenses, that's a big one we talked about last year. Are you evaluating the plan expenses and are you comparing them to industry averages? And what are you getting from your providers for those expenses? And then lastly, oversight committee minutes. So for every plan, there should be some committee or some body that has oversight and responsibility for the plan. It might be a component of management and a finance committee or an audit committee or a retirement plan committee. There's typically someone who's assigned with the oversight of that plan. And keeping minutes for those committee meetings is critical because it's a documentation that you're performing your fiduciary responsibilities and there's adequate oversight of your plan. Some typical recommendations that we usually come out of a health check, automation is a, is a big component that you can look at, which is, which is very helpful and we see as a trend in the retirement plan industry. We see a lot of plans going to auto enrollment with an auto escalation component. And we're going to dig into those, the top, the top two, a little bit more later on. But there's a lot of other components that you can consider that are very helpful. If you have high turnover rate, this is a good one, the payout provisions for terminated employees, less than 1,000 or less than 5,000. So if there's high turnover rate and folks leave, if they want to take their money with them to the next employer and put it into that next retirement plan, um, they're able to keep that money together with them and keep control over that funds and reduce some of the administration on your end to reduce your participant count. And this can also be really helpful if you have a small plan, if you're approaching that 100 participant threshold. So once you go over 100 participants, your plan has to be audited. If you're concerned about breaching that threshold, you can get a lot of folks out of your plan by getting the terminated employees out and reducing your participant count. Being an accountant, I love statistics. Many of you in the room are also accountants. So um, in 1967, uh, personal savings rate was 12.5%. In 2018, 
the savings rate was 6.3%. And so nationally, there's obviously a, a sizable gap in where folks, where employees should be saving for retirement and where they're currently saving retirement. General consensus is that we should all be saving between 10 and 15% for retirement. And in most cases, the default savings rate or contribution rate for retirement is 3%. And so the Prudential of America's Workers Survey did this study and they said 83% of Americans are in favor of their employer making it easier for them to save for retirement. Didn't say that they want their employer to contribute for them or put money into their retirement for them. It's just asking it for it to be easier for them to save for retirement. And in some cases you might find even with your employee base, maybe they've got you know, a lack of sophistication or a hesitation to enroll in a plan and save and select investments. And there are ways that you can make it easier for an employer base. So participants are looking to all of you in this room, if you're a fiduciary, if you have some sort of role and responsibility within administration of your plan to help your employees save. And so they're looking to you to help them make the right decisions, make the plan accessible, and help them save for retirement. And there are three modifications that you can make to your plan document that will substantially increase your participation rate, your employee's rate of saving, and facilitate them in selecting an investment that meets their criteria and will help them to save and, and get a good yield on the investment that they're making in hopes of retiring timely. Everyone wants to retire timely and, and being able to save at that rate and, and get a good return is important. The three components are auto enrollment feature. An auto enrollment feature, the default is that when your employee becomes eligible, that they will automatically be enrolled in the retirement plan. So you don't have to fill out a form to be enrolled, you will automatically be enrolled. If you decide you don't wanna participate or contribute to the plan, there's an opt-out form. Generally what we find is that when you have an auto enrollment feature, participation rates are over 80% in your retirement plan. So the default is that you will contribute, you will, you will participate in your retirement plan. And in many cases, they'll set up an auto enrollment feature where your, your deferral is 3%, so you start at 3%. You're automatically enrolled in the plan. Day one, you're eligible, contributing 3% of your compensation. Auto escalation feature helps you bridge the gap between that low contribution rate. If you're at 3% contribution rate and you really should be at 10 or 12%, auto escalation increases your deferral rate every year. So if you start at 3%, after a year of employment, it will be 4% automatically. After five years of employment, you'll be at 8%. After 10 years of employment, you'd be at 12%. So it's a great opportunity for you to, to increase your, your contribution rate a little bit at a time as you get seniority in, in your workplace and you're, you're able to contribute more and afford to contribute more. QDIA election, and again, a lot of folks that are, that are looking to save for retirement they have hesitation, they have questions about what fund do I select? And so an opportunity to, to help folks have a default investment. So if you put money into the plan and you don't select a fund or you don't select a series of funds, you can have a default investment selected. A popular one is a target date fund, which will invest you in a fund that's based on your date, estimated date of retirement. And so if you're 30 years old and you're expecting to retire at 65, it will modify your investment over the time. So from when you're 30, it'll be more aggressive. When you're 50, it'll be less aggressive. When you're close to retirement, 
you'll be in a largely conservative investment. And so those qualified default elections are a wonderful way to ease some of that anxiety for your employees and what funds to select. And they can always change it, which is great. It's just helping them encourage to save and to, to get into a fund that will help them get there. Two key takeaways. The first is that you should review and update your plan document at least every two years. Compliance, fresh look at your plan elections and how it's designed. The second is you should perform a retirement plan health check to ensure your plan is compliant and to make sure that you're designing your plan in the best way you can that fits your employee base to help them save for a timely retirement.